Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU basketball wins again. Three straight, in fact, how teammates and coaches feel about the legend of Tyler Hawes and BYU showdown for second place on Saturday. Outside linebackers coach Kelly Papinga joins us to discuss replacing Kyle Van Oy, the new signing class at linebacker, and which of the high school freshmen are going straight out on a mission. Plus, what BYU coach got a shout-out on the Late Show with David Letterman last night. Oh, yeah. Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Happy Friday, February 7th. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man. Jerem Jordan. Wherever and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. If you're new to the show, you'll find this entertaining. If you're not, you'll still find it entertaining because this is how we do it on a Friday. Oh, yeah. This is how we do it. La, la, la. I love Fridays. TGIF. <laughs> show I'm starters. I'm watching after Family show. Matters tonight. Yes. Yes. Classic of the 90s. <laughs> Dinosaurs. <laughs> Not the mama. <laughs> Show starters today on a Friday. Jamal. Okay, first of all, at halftime last night of the BYU basketball game, several uh, athletes that are not only great athletes, but great scholars as well. Great student great, athletes. Yes. Part of uh, academia. On and off the court. They were awarded BYU Cougar Club computer bags uh, from President Samuelson and Elder L. Tom Perry, which is a very prominent name within the LDS Church. One, one of the, the apostles. One of the 12 apostles. Uh, a lot of the players shaking hands with Elder Perry and, Elder, and President Samuelson. Very excited about that. So Jamal Williams gets a super loud cheer from the crowd. He walks up to get his, and he, he bro-hugs Elder Perry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apostles be bro-hugging. <laughs> it was so awesome. That's great. <laughs> Todd Harris, BYU Ties, a BYU graduate, the first announcer of any event in the Sochi Winter Olympics, apparently. He's a BYU grad. And he's Love a BYU it. guy. Love Snowboarding it. expert. Listen for Todd Harris when you see him. You can rise and shout. If you don't know who he is, he's the guy that, he's the play-by-play to the world's strongest man. That guy. That's who he is. Do you ever watch that? Used to. Not as much anymore. But those are, I mean, everyone's at least seen that a little bit. There's always the dudes from Sweden, like, pulling trucks with their hair and (laughs) stuff. You're like, what the heck? Kate Hansen, by the way, speaking of Olympics, the luge coog going through the opening ceremonies as As we we speak. speak. In Sochi. That'll be rebroadcast tonight on NBC, but awesome. Right now, if you follow her on Twitter, she's tweeting out some pictures. We asked her what she was going to feel, and she said it's probably just going to be tears. The first time we had her on BYU Sports Nation, we've talked to her a few times, and she said, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to cry. She said she was going to have R. Kelly in her headphones. Yes, that's right. I'm the world's greatest. (laughs) While she walks in there. I'm really excited for her right now. How cool is that? That's awesome. Yeah, looking forward to seeing that tonight. BYU's men's track and field Gets a shout-out on David Letterman. Seriously. Wait, what? I tweeted, uh, I, I took a little video, Instagram video of it. David Letterman starts the late show last night, and he, there must have been some banter prior to the show, because it's like this inside joke with the crowd, because he says, thanks, everybody, welcome to the show, and thanks, coach. And then it cuts to BYU track and field <laughs> head coach Ed Eyestone in the crowd at the Ed Sullivan Theater. So random. So random, but awesome. Yeah, that is really cool. I've, hey. If I can get a shout-out from one of the late-night show hosts at any point in my life... Seriously. You, you know, you've done some something good. Which, speaking of, Jay Leno calls it quits, or at least... For the second may, time. Maybe. We'll, we'll see. see. Who is your favorite late-night late, late night, uh, show host of no, all time? Oh, that's, that's a tough question. I worked for an ABC station for six years, and part of my nightly routine as I was wrapping up after my sportscasts uh, was was Jimmy Kimmel just because he was on right after our newscast? So I really like Jimmy Kimmel. I think he is really funny. Uh, but lately, I have I've kind of swung over to Jimmy Fallon. Absolutely, absolutely. He's the Twitter generation guy, and he takes over for Jay Leno. To me, second place is Jimmy Kimmel. Leno and Letterman are the old guard. They yeah. are the th- they're. How I about mean, that? Our generation just doesn't connect as much with those guys. But uh, what a run by Leno! Yeah, you. <laughs> Has he aged in the past 20 years, by the way? That chin is still the same size. (laughs) Join our conversation by using the hashtag BYUSN. That hashtag all about giving BYU fans a 24-7 avenue to link up across BYU Sports Nation. Have your say whenever, wherever. And while you're at it, actually, you know what? I'm going to call a timeout. I want to say this. First charge timeout of the half. Jimmy Fallon 
uh, slow jamming the news with Mitt Romney kind of kind of like sealed the deal for me. The switch over. So I, I did want to say that, that. did it took yeah. that long. Okay, they're they're both so good. But yeah, no, the Mitt Romney thing yeah, that, that that sealed the deal. Oh yeah. Uh, while you're at it, sound off on today's Twitter question, and it is this: What's more impressive, Tyler Haw's recent run in WCC play? Or BYU football's recruiting class. Ah, uh, yes. When using hashtag BYUSN. To me, it's Haas run. Because the last five, he's averaging 33.8 points per game. That's pretty good. Hard to argue against that. I mean, I, I'm i looking at this question, and the BYU football recruiting class is notable. It's tons of speed. Super good. But the fact that Tyler Haas has gotten on this hot run, he's playing with so much confidence right now. Hard. <sighs> How can you not love what he's doing? Use hashtag BYUSN. We want to hear from you. We want to know your opinions. BYU Sports Nation airs weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYU the BYU Radio iOS app, and Dish Network Channel 980. The show also on demand at BYURadio.org. Listen to the rebroadcast weekdays at 7 Eastern. Rise and shout, my friends. It's Friday, and it's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic 1. Tyler Haas, the name alone, says it all for BYU. The dude is just going off. He scored 27 points and sat out the last 10 minutes of last night's win over Santa Clara. Tyler Haas, I don't know, I don't know what's going on in his mind, but it's a good thing. 27 points in 28 minutes and got to rest the fourth quarter, essentially. He's playing at such a high level right now. And BYU wins 89-76. It get Like the other game with Santa Clara, it's a bigger lead that shrinks at the end, whatever. BYU is up by 27 at one point. That's the most boring game I've seen in a long time at the Marriott Center, and I loved it because BYU cruised. They could play some of the bench guys. No one played more than Haas, 27 minutes, uh, 28 minutes, I guess. And you got some guys off the bench to play. That when was, was a good game. Cruised? When was the last I can't time remember. they cruised in a game? Well, San Diego? Mount St. Mary, yeah, San Diego at the end. Even then, there was a level of intensity there, and guys played 30-plus minutes in that game. That was not like this. There was some desperation in that game because they were 0-2 in conference. Yes, had to win it, had to bounce back, all that. This was pure domination by BYU, who got to the free-throw line and at one point was 28 of 32. But Haas continues to play at this crazy level, and you can see the confidence that his teammates have because of it. One of the biggest gasps of the night. I love this. <laughs> we talked to Mark Pope about this. We'll hear from Mark Pope in just a few minutes on BYU Sports Nation. But Tyler Haas misses a free throw, and there's this collective. <gasps> like like it's it's the worst thing ever. Couldn't someone someone just it. went down with a season-ending injury. Tyler Haas <laughs> missed a free throw. That, that's that the level, level he's at. That's yeah. where he is. I'm telling you, it's not, it's not Jimmer-esque, but it's, it's jimmer light. In what he's doing, he's in the he's in the mid thirties. If I don't see him going forty plus consistently, he's just the, the offense is not built that way. The, it's not feed Tyler with Jimmer. It was okay. The ball's going to be in his hands. We're going to lean on him heavy. But this is a special period of time for a special BYU player. Like I tweeted this out before the show. Don't take it for granted. The third leading scorer in America plays for BYU, and he is on fire right now. Seriously. And I think you can because you get used to oh, Tyler's going to go for thirty. Who else is going to step up? He's going to go. He's going for thirty a game. Let's do our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Listen up, yo. Tyler Haas has one thousand seven hundred forty-six career points. That's that much more than Spencer and I. Yeah, <laughs> eighth most in BYU history, passing Ke- McKelly Wesley last night. He's passing guys every night. At 24.7 points per game this season, Haas is on pace to pass Russell Larson for fifth place in the second half against San Diego in the regular season finale. That is your stat of the day. He's a junior. He will pass Jimmer next year. It will happen. He's a junior. You know what I loved so much? The fact that they could coast, and yes, Tyler Haas got some rest. Dave Rose wasn't initially the plan there, but Tyler was able to sit out the rest of the game because they had such a big lead. My intention was to take him out for three or four minutes and then get him back in, you know, and it, the way the game went was, uh, you know, that, that group that was in played really well and got to score up pretty good distance, and then and then we were able to kind of coast through it. Uh, and, you know, knowing that we've got a, a big game on Saturday, I think Ty was probably, you know, looking forward to getting ready for the next one, so that's good. 
Okay, before we move on, Jeremiah, I want to bring up this. You you asked Tyler in the press conference how he would guard himself. Fantastic question. How would I guard myself? Uh, That's secret stuff. I'd probably try and start talking or something. (laughs) Try and get in my head. Is that it? Is, Is that all you can do? I guess so. When he's on, he's on. 9 of 12 last night, 27 points in 28 minutes played. Good luck, West Coast Conference. Topic two. A big win. Matt Carlino. Inside to Eric Mika. Nice spin move on the baseline. Reverse dunk by Mika. That's big time. The footwork, the spin, and the jam. The freshman looking really nice there on the post move. How sweet was that move? A la Brandon Davies, but Eric Mika as a freshman going baseline for a reverse dunk last night. Uh, ESPN with the call, Roxy Bernstein calling that last night as BYU knocks off Santa Clara. And uh, all I could think of was the word silky, describing Eric's Eric's move on the baseline. Jeremy, I know it got you excited. That's what you want to see from him. That was good. Uh, that was a great move. He had another move that I really loved where he he did a, a drop step to his right, went up with his left hand off the glass. I thought, he's a freshman and he just did that? Just think when he gets back from his mission and has a little more time to develop and some uh, three-point shooters on the perimeter where he'll be able to go one-on-one a lot more. He's going to be one of the best boys ever had in the post. Confidence coming back for Eric Meek, and you can thank assistant coach Mark Pope, who is working very closely with the freshmen. We sat down two-on-one last night after the game with assistant coach Mark Pope. Here's that conversation. Okay, coach. Nice win over Santa Clara. You continue... Uh... A good run after losing against LMU and Pepperdine. You've won 8 of 10. What's been the difference the last 10 games for you guys? Well, I think our guys are understanding how hard this league is um, and that every game's a challenge. And I think we're competing better on the defensive end and kind of showing things up there, and we're much more under control on the offensive end. The team's just growing. We're growing right now. And so if we can continue in this trajectory, we're going to have a chance to be good down the stretch. And that's a challenge. It's a challenge for everybody to keep going. So. Your conditioning and physicality at home has been noticeable over the last three games. Out-rebounded teams by a big margin. And the team conditioning really is, is eye-opening. Uh, do you feel like that's a distinct advantage for your team, the, the, the conditioning and the rebounding that's happening right now? It is. You know, it's interesting because we go really hard uh, for the first half of the season. And we've scaled practices way back the last two weeks. And our guys are getting their legs back. And so they're starting to be fresher at the end of games. And it's kind of the process that every team tries to go through. You have to kind of build a base of conditioning. And we went hard for a long time. And our guys feel better. Their bodies feel a little bit better. And, you know, we need to sustain that for the next month. How have you scaled practices back? Much shorter. Really, really intense practices, but much shorter duration. Luke Worthington and Eric Mika are kind of coming into their own, both at the end of their freshman year. How gratifying is it for you to watch uh, as a guy that works with them closely to see them start to, to find those, uh, those silky moves around the basket and uh, to go hard? Luke will be so happy that you gave him silky moves. He'll be so happy. <laughs> career item. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, you know, those guys are working hard, and they're doing a good job. And um, Luke especially has had his last two games has helped us. And part of that is just getting used to the speed of the game and how fast you have to think and make reads defensively, probably bigger than offensively for him right now. Uh, but he's done a nice job, and they're where they're supposed to be right now. And if they can get better in the next month, then we have a chance. How do you teach Eric to cleanly dunk the ball? Eric, I was teasing him about that dunk uh, because there's no way that ball has a chance to go in unless he continues holding the rim down. <laughs> so it was actually a beautiful baseline move, great baseline move. That really was the silky I was more referencing right there. So, but Eric's getting better and better. I was really pleased with his 10 rebounds tonight, really pleased with his free throws tonight. Two things, that he was 7 for 10 and that he got 10 free throw attempts is a big deal for us. Um, so he's playing well. San Francisco is a sneaky team. They won at San Diego tonight. You're both 8-4 and four in the conference. Here we are in early February, and you have a game on Saturday at home against the Dons to take over sole possession of second place. What kind of a unique challenge do they present to you as a team? Well, they hung 100 on us here last year. I mean, people don't come in here and score 100. Uh, they were 9-10 for 10 from the three-point line in the second half last year. 
they put a barrage. They're an explosive offensive team. They're playing a little bit different now. Uh, down there, they really hurt us on the offensive glass in the first half. That's something we have to shore up and contain. We got to handle them in transition. Uh, they they work on matchup problems all game. They'll play their three and their four, both really good perimeter players, so that causes some issues for us. But our guys will be ready. They'll play hard. And the biggest thing for us is that we just have to play hard with great energy. Every night we're on our home court and we have a good chance to win those games. Speaking of home court, just one loss by two points to Iowa State. What's been the number one difference playing at home? Well, I think our, our fans are unbelievable. The support we get from the students here at BYU and from the community is terrific. Our guys are comfortable on this court. They want to perform in front of their people. Uh, when you take a, a young team with a lot of new guys, they're always going to feel a little bit better on home. The challenge for us is to be able to take the product that we have here and take it on the road, and, and we're getting better at that. And, and, you know, we have a huge game Saturday, and then we'll be back on the road for two big games on the road, see where we are. What happened with you and the ref tonight? Um, so it's a it's a it's a rule that assistant coaches are supposed to stay seated um, as much as they can. <laughs> and James, uh, the the referee, was upset that I was not only not seated but I was on the court. So I got to do a better job at that. Uh, sometimes I lose my mind and get a little bit animated. Hey, stop coaching! What are you yeah, doing over there? How dare you coach your basketball team? <laughs> well, it's 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 one of the rules, and we need to do our best to follow the rules. <laughs> All right, Coach Tyler Haas averaging thirty plus over the last five. I almost feel like he does it so calmly and, and collectively that people aren't realizing what's actually happening. How special is what he's been doing over the past uh, five games? It, it is insane what this what this young man is doing. I mean, he's 9 for 12 from the field tonight. Every time he catches the ball, he's double teamed. And he makes them, you're right, he can score 30 points quietly. It's the most bizarre thing. The, the reason we know we're all so spoiled is because every time he shoots it, everybody in the arena just expects it's going in again. We all do. I laughed at a free throw when he missed and everyone went, <gasps> like someone, like an old lady had fallen over. It was the same reaction. It was utter shock and disbelief throughout the arena. But that's what he's done. I mean, he's a, listen, you, he's, a, he's a special, special player because he he maintains his level of intensity every day, every practice, every game. He is so consistent. Uh, he's, it's just, he's, a, he's a unique talent. And we've had some, obviously, some unbelievable talents play with white jerseys on this court. But he is he is one of those, and he's doing it in his own unique way that's incredibly special. Coach, wish you the best of luck on Saturday in San Francisco. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Have a great night. BYU is lucky to have Mark Pope as an assistant coach. Yes, they are. An LDS dude that played in the NBA as a post player. Played there, under Rick Pitino at recently. Kentucky. Won a national championship. Yeah. Played at Washington. Played, yeah, played in the league with several teams. Guarded Kobe one time. There's this random picture on <laughs> Google Images. I'm like, why is he guarding Kobe? Got on a switch. Verified. That's what Jim Verdette said verified his NBA career early on. His first coming of age in the NBA moment. Uh, I'm guarding Kobe Bryant at my first game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, up next, we'll be discussing some return missionaries. Will they stay or will they go? For now, let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. What's more impressive, Tyler Haas' recent run in West Coast Conference play or BYU's football recruiting class? Use the hashtag BYUSN at FRUIS801. Said the same thing that I said. Yes. <laughs> I like that. I like that. At Tasha Lynn 19, what's she have for us? One word, hashtag Hossum. Oh, yeah, dude. The legend of Haas. Oh, man. It's ostentatious. What were, the, what, were some of the other, what were some of the other ones we had coming in to describe I Tyler? I don't remember. They were good, though. <laughs> At RTM Coombs, Haas for sure. Tangible results instead of just hype and speculation. Yeah, that's that, a good point. That's probably the main theme here. And what's more exciting might be the signing class um, because, you know, they, these are teams that BYU should beat, but Tyler, I mean, winning is great. I don't care who BYU plays. I love winning. But the way that Tyler's playing is tremendous. And because BYU blows out Santa Clara, I called it the opposite exciting. I called it boring. You know what that means? That BYU destroyed Santa Clara. Love it. Yeah, and they just haven't coasted in many games this year. Maybe Prairie View A&M was like the last time. Mount St. Mary's. Mount St. Mary's. One of those. Yeah, Colorado Mesa. Very early. 
At Reed underscore Crosby, Tyler Hossum for sure. He is Mr. Consistent, and before you know it, he has 25-plus hashtag silent assassin. Seriously, he had 17 at half. They pulled him with two minutes because we were looking for this. This was a great stat from, from men's basketball media relations director Kyle Chilton. This season, Tyler Haas has scored 20-plus in a half seven times. That's ridiculous. And again, I asked Coach Mark Pope, before you know it, it's just like, oh, he's got 20. He's got 20, and there's still half a game to play. He does it so fluidly. The the little pull-up jumpers he hits in, on a fast-break transition. That that's is a, not easy. That's a layup to him. That is not easy, and he makes it look really easy. I'm telling you, just watch him with uh, an increased sense of degree of difficulty in what he does. What do you and, think? And it's even better than anyone else, what they're doing. What do you think, BYU Sports Nation? Sound off. More impressive. The way Tyler Haas is playing right now or BYU football's recruiting class. Keep sending them in. Hashtag BYUSN. We'll be back with the return missionary discussion and how that fits into the football conversation. Who's coming? Who's going? What's going to happen? Plus, how would you hashtag Tyler Haas' output last night? We play hashtag this. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Taysom Hill and the BYU Cougars, ready to go. Which return missionaries will they have with them when they begin the 2014 season? That is one of our topics today on BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to the show. Glad to have you with us. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio 2 in the BYU Broadcasting Facility. Follow our show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation or follow us at Jerem Jordan and at Spencer underscore Linton. Tonight on BYU TV, gymnastics against Utah State at 9 Eastern. Spencer Linton on the call. Tomorrow we've got men's hoops as well against San Francisco uh, from the Merritt Center on BYU TV and BYU Radio. That's also at 9 Eastern. And tomorrow, this ends tomorrow, so you got to jump on it today or tomorrow if you haven't already. Want to see the Cougars in action at the 2014 West Coast Conference Basketball Tournament? Yes. You could, yes, me too. You could join Coach Rose, we'll be there, and the rest of the team in Vegas in our journey to the tourney. And for, for your chance to win airfare, hotels, tickets, this is legit. The guy that won this last year from New Jersey, by the way. Oh, yeah. To select games this March, visit facebook.com slash Sports. Register today. It ends tomorrow night. Can't hurt to try, right? Yes, do it. Throw your name in the mix. Got a chance to go to Vegas and watch the Cougars play in the West Coast Conference Tournament. Turning our attention now to football. BYU signing a very speedy, talented, star-riddled, when you look at uh, rivals and ESPN, uh, recruiting class. But how many will stay right now and how many will go out on missions? That is our discussion right now on BYU Sports Nation. We'll start with offensive lineman Austin Chambers, Jerem. Yeah, there's there's eight guys that are going to go out. So what's interesting about this is, of we've talked about all these return missionaries and freshmen and transfers. Thirty eight guys in total. Oh, they're not. These guys aren't even going to be around. Guess what? Twenty nine of those thirty eight are going to be. They're going to play on the team this year in August. Not all these guys are here now, but like, yeah, let's start with Austin Chambers, offensive lineman. He's one of the eight. So I'm going to run down the list of high school seniors who signed with BYU who are going straight out. Going right out. Tight end Matt Bushman, defensive lineman Zach Daw, defensive lineman Tico Fuga, Romney's younger brother, offensive lineman Shannon Herring, DB slash linebacker Isaiah Kafusi, cousin of Bronson Kafusi, yes, defensive lineman Uriah Leatawa from Compton, the kid that decommitted from Stanford. Great article yesterday on him uh, in a newspaper article that we tweeted out. Defensive lineman Earl, my man Seattle Mariner. <laughs> and defensive lineman Isaiah Nakua, late edition from Timfield. So those eight guys, straight out. The rest of the guys coming this season. Guys like Trey Dye. Guys like Jeterius Gully. Not a member of the church, so he'll be here, of course. Uh, Tyler Cook. Fred Warner. Yeah, Fred Kabika Warner Fanula, and Tyler Cook are going to be huge. Michael Shelton. So there's a bunch of guys that could contribute this year. Not- and Bronco Mendenhall mentioned that on Wednesday. The system that we're playing now and the number of plays we're playing on both sides, uh, we believe we're going to need a lot of freshmen to contribute in some capacity, maybe up to 22 plays a game. Okay, so freshmen now taking on a more prominent role within the BYU football program. Right out of the gate, 
We'll see if they actually play. But the idea is that they could contribute. The opportunity is there yes. for them to step up. It's Typically, you'll have two or three guys uh, play in the 22, starting 11 on both sides of the ball. Two or three guys kind of emerge and have a role. I see maybe more than that this year. So maybe, no- maybe four or five. I didn't have nearly, and I saw this on social media coming in uh, to at BYU Sports Nation, that it's kind of a buzzkill. You get really excited about these guys, and then everybody leaves on a mission. Not the case. Not the case this year. 29 of the 38 will be here. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the 18 coming back from that incredible 2010 signing class, including Troy Hines, who was all-world at Davis High School in Utah, and then the guy that Bronco is most excited about. Ului uh, Lapuaho. A return missionary that is 6'7", 310. <laughs> what? <laughs> he, he got back two weeks into January. He's here now. He's dominating, apparently uh, lifting weights and conditioning. And you'd think that he would have a good chance of starting on the offensive line. So I, I'm really excited about this. So we highlighted this. 18 return missionaries. Three transfers. By the way, those transfers... You have Mitch Matthews and Ross Oppo coming back in that receiving core. You essentially just plug these guys right in. Devon Blackman, Nick Kurtz, Jordan Leslie. So three... JC transfers typically are guys that are quick fixes. And these guys are going to play right away. Plus some of these high school guys. I think BYU is really talented this year. This is coming in from at Twitter. At Twitter. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, at Taylor Curse, rather. That'd be a great username. <laughs> at Twitter. I think they own How that, How many right? followers does at Twitter have? At underscore Twitter. Every follower? Uh, okay, signing class. He says, at Taylor Curse, signing class... Plus RMs equal to Haas scoring. So he has the, the, it's an equal thing, but then he says hashtag RMs worth the wait. And I agree with that. Speaking of, you know what I want to do, Jerem? Hashtag this, baby. That's what I want to do. BYU Sports Nation says hashtag this. This is how we do it throw out a one liner, and then Jerem and I will offer up. Our best hashtag for the given topic. One of my favorite things to do on BYU Sports Nation. Send in your hashtags as well for these topics if you'd like to get involved in the conversation using the hashtag BYUSN and then whatever other hashtag you want to throw in. Let's get it rolling. Number one. Hashtag this, BYU out-recruiting USC on three of four players. Hashtag that, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Going back to my Simpsons days. BYU takes on USC... And wins three out of the four. If if they get Damian Mama, they win all four of those. That is huge for BYU, and it proves you can recruit in independence. Hashtag independence rocks. BYU still might get Damian Mama. If he goes straight out on a mission and pulls a Taysom or Riley Nelson, he'll be here. Hashtag Trojan this. BYU and USC become recruiting rivals now. Steve Sarkeesian, former Cougar, he gets BYU. Not a member of the church, but he knows BYU and can sell these guys on, hey, go out on a mission. I'm fine with that. And get uh, national-level experience. Number two. Hashtag this. No QBs in the recruiting class. Hashtag not worried about it. And I'll tell you why. Bronco Mendenhall, I I read his body language. What he described to us is, eh, it's somewhat of a concern, but... From what he said and, and the way he, we had that conversation, I, I would think that there are going to be at, at least five quarterbacks by the time we get to fall camp. Hashtag in Bronco and Taysom we trust. He told us on Wednesday, Bronco Mendenhall, that BYU will run with three quarterbacks in spring and then you'd have four with McCoy Hill in the fall. And he, he wouldn't necessarily add anybody. The fact that Taysom Hill went uninjured through the 2013 campaign against a tough schedule, bigger, faster, better teams, makes me think... That there's a good chance that he stays relatively healthy this year and that it won't be an issue. Has, uh, number three, let's go. Hashtag this. Tyler Haas scores 27 points in 28 minutes. Hashtag same old story, but same awesome result. That's a lot of characters. It is. <laughs> but I got 140, right? Yes, you do. Enough for hashtag BYUSN after. Tyler Haas is ridiculous right now. What he's doing, people, because he does it so quietly, I think we can kind of overlook that. Don't overlook it. It is a pleasure to watch Tyler Haas play basketball at BYU. We're not going to see a player like him for a long time. Not the way he does it. Hashtag get a fire extinguisher because Tyler Haas is on fire. That's more characters than me. Yeah, that's awesome. 27 points in 28 minutes. He's ridiculous. 
Mr. Pib and Red Vines equals crazy delicious. He's ridiculous. Number four. Hashtag this. Eric Mika's reverse baseline dunk. Hashtag, oh yeah. That's what I want to see from Eric Mika. Brandon Davies mastered that move, but he didn't really get it down until junior, senior year at BYU. Eric Mika doing that as a freshman. I wanted to get to my feet on press row. That's a no-no. I can't do that. But that one that almost pulled me out of my seat, how fast and silky that was. Hashtag throw it down, big man. Bill Walton wanted him <laughs> to throw it down. It was awkward because the, the opponent's... The, the guy's hand was in the net, and he's hanging on the rim, and so it doesn't have quite the, the flush impact, right? It was clogged a little bit, but uh, hashtag throw it down, big man. Number five. Hashtag this. BYU is in the play-in game, according to ESPN's Joe Lenardi. Hashtag we're in. Hashtag survive and advance. I don't care where BYU is, as long as they're in the tournament, they're in the bracket, and they can win a game. And they can make it a successful season. They can get back to the NCAA tournament. As long as they're in, I don't care where they're playing, just that they're there. Hashtag get in and win. Same thing. Beating Iona and coming back got BYU on SportsCenter as opposed to maybe losing to Marquette the next game. You get, BYU got attention and that was worth it. <laughs> Number six. Hashtag this. That moment when you realize you just spent the last hour watching curling or ice dancing or ice skating. Hashtag, <laughs> Hashtag it's going to happen. Hashtag this might happen. It, when, when Team USA is out there, baby, I don't care what sport it is. Plus, uh, you may have to watch a sport that you wouldn't normally with your wife in the Olympics because there's certain sports that cater to the ladies. Yes. But you know what? I'm going to be watching some of these sports that I've never watched before or will ever watch again because it's the United States of America. You know what I'm going to cap it off with, Jerem? Huh? Hashtag USA. 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 Olympic opening yes. ceremonies right now. Kate Hansen's in that stadium, the Luge Coug. So the Olympics happening today. You know what's happening in just over 200 days? I do. Countdown to Connecticut. 202. Yeah. My favorite part. <laughs> What's more impressive, Tyler has recent run in West Coast Conference play or BYU football's recruiting class as they now stand 202 days away from the rent in East Hartford, Connecticut. We'll get to more of those answers on BYU Sports Nation coming up. Plus, we're going to go inside with linebackers coach Kelly Papinga. What does he think about the recruiting class? I'm guessing he's more excited about football than he is basketball, but we'll ask just to make sure. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Friday. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out. Glad to have you with us. Tonight on BYU TV, gymnastics. 9 Eastern against Utah State. Ben Bagley's going down. Tomorrow we've got men's hoops against San Francisco from the Marriott Center on BYU TV and BYU Radio. That's at 9 Eastern as well. Very quickly recapping some top stories. Jamal Williams bro hugs Elder L. Tom Perry last night at the BYU Play basketball game. Play of the game. <laughs> that happened. BYU men's track and field gets a shout out on Letterman. Awesome. And it's the opening ceremonies of the Olympics and we have a BYU Cougar in the mix. In fact, two. The Luge Coug. And then Todd Harris is announcing uh, snowboarding with NBC. So awesome stuff. By the way, we'll have a story on him uh, on True Blue in the next couple weeks. Todd Harris. Believe it. What's more impressive, Tyler Haw's recent run in West Coast Conference play, averaging over 30 a game in the last five, or big-time BYU football recruiting class? Use the hashtag BYUSN to submit your answers. With that, we bring in our next guest, Kelly Papinga, outside linebackers coach, special teams coordinator for the BYU football team. Kelly, huge week for you guys. What, what's more exciting for you, at signing as a player or having seeing all those guys come in as a coach on signing day? Uh, definitely, definitely seeing other guys come in and, um, you know, looking at all their hard work kind of paying off signing day for me, wasn't even a big deal back then. I mean, shoot, 15 years ago, nobody even cared about signing day. You know what I mean? It was like <laughs> sign the piece of paper, you fax it in and you know, there was no Twitter, no Facebook, no media coverage of it all. ESPN. I mean, none of that was no hats for you. Enough, so no, no hat. hats. Yeah. Shoot, man. I wasn't doing any of that stuff. <laughs> But you know what? It was definitely, you know, out of the five years that I've been at BYU as a coach, this year definitely was the most exciting because there was a couple unknowns that we didn't know about. 
Um, and uh, just with uh, the way that Uriah um, told us was super, super exciting and fun and, you know, calling us all, you know, called Coach 2J up and it was, uh, you know, everybody screaming in the office. And that's never happened before where we had a guy that was committed, you know, at another place and right at the last second, you know, flipped to us. And that was really fun and exciting. And, uh, you know, it was uh, one of those experiences I'll remember as a coach for a long time. Tell us who else uh, might have been a surprise or an exciting moment um, besides Uriah uh, Leatawa, the uh, kid from Compton that uh, decommitted from Stanford. Yeah, I would say, um, man, just Devon Blackman, I think, would be another guy. And he had told us a while ago that he was committed. But, uh, you know, we've heard that a lot before. And I think the reason why we were so excited about him, because I don't think, you know, and BYU fans probably maybe have seen his highlight, but I don't think people will know how exciting of a – uh, recruit that guy is until he actually gets on the field and how fortunate we are to have him at BYU. In my opinion, and I could be out there reaching out, but, you know, a little far on this one, but I don't think there's ever been a player like him that's ever put on the blue and white. In what so, way? What do you mean? Wow. Just being dynamic, um, being able to change the game on one play, just his speed and his athleticism and the way that he can change the game. I mean, we, you could throw a bubble screen, a fly sweep, a punt return, and in just one simple play, he could be gone. Um, and so it's, uh, it's it's super exciting to get a guy like And I just don't think BYU's ever had the speed on the field that this guy's had. Maybe, maybe uh, going back into the 90s, Ronnie Jenkins was one of those guys okay. that had this fourth, you know, the 4 3 speed. Just like, you know, when he got the ball, any play he got the ball, you're just, you know, holding your breath like this guy could break one and, you know, take one to the house. And so. I think that's what BYU fans, you know, have to look forward to with Devon. So I'd say that was, you know, probably the next exciting one for all for the staff. Kelly Papinga, linebackers coach, special teams coordinator for BYU football, joining BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. You bring up the downright crazy speed of Devon Blackman. Also Trey Dye, who just so happens to be the son of the great punt returner, special teams player, James Dyden. You have both of those guys. What does that open up for you now uh, as a special teams coach? Yeah, great competition for punt return for um, for sure. You know, we have Adam coming back at KOR, our kickoff return guy, which uh, I think, you know, one of those guys are going to have to come and steal that away from him because he's earned my trust and earned our team's trust on how well he performed um, on the return game on kickoff. And so it would be great to have, you know, either Devon or maybe Trey as the off returner or, you know, having both of those guys back. Because at the end of the year, they started kicking away from that and kicking to Paul. And Paul did a great job as an off returner. So having those two guys to be able to compete with the two guys that are still in our program or have been in our program. And then just punt return-wise, we don't have a punt returner. And so losing J.D. and uh, Skyler and Cody, those were our three guys that returned punts for us last year. And uh, all those guys are gone. All of them graduated. And so um, – immediately those guys can come in. And that's the thing that I sold to Devon when he came on his trip. I just said, hey, we don't have a guy in our program right now that we know that can uh, return punts. And he has proven that on his film. He's proven it in high school. He's proven it um, at his JC level. And so we know that he can come in right in the way and have an immediate impact uh, punt returning. And then, you know, Trey Dye has done a lot of that too. And so those two will compete. And I'm sure there's some guys in our program, Jordan Johnson's returned punts before. Um, and so there's some other guys I think that'll be there, but, um, I just think immediately, immediate impact for those two players, uh, the guys that just signed uh, Trey and uh, Devon will be on the punt return game. It seems like this year you guys were more aggressive in getting some guys that aren't necessarily the typical BYU guy. How much did Jeff Martson play a role in that? You know, Jeff did a great job, I think, of uh, being able to help give more resources to the kids. Um, but in my opinion, you know, not to take anything away from Jeff, it comes down to the, the recruiting coach. Um, and those are the guys that we build relationships with um, and that the players build relationships with, strong relationships with the coach. And so um, I think Jeff was there to give an extra, you know, letter, give an extra message on Facebook, give an F, F, you know, extra message on Twitter, um, those types of things. That, um, but it's really the relationships that our coaching staff built. And, uh, you know, I've said this on a number of interviews that I've done is that when you put in the personality and experience of Guy Holiday and of Garrett Tujay that have been in the business for a really long time, and Coach Tujay, I mean, that guy's had to recruit at a JC level, um, very similar type of players that you're talking about. And uh, those two guys really were, I would say, with Mark Otwai on top of that, were the, the three main guys that were able to get the Bond Blackman and get Nick Kurtz and get – 
um, you know, trade that in and get these other guys that typically, like, you know, you're saying, maybe we wouldn't have had a chance in the past, but those guys didn't know any different. You know what I mean? They came in from different programs, and they really didn't know uh, how we were doing at BYU, and they brought their own style in. They brought, you know, their own philosophies in, and they just went with it, and uh, we didn't hold them back. And I think because of that, um, that's the reason why we, we got the players that we did this year. Kelly Papinga on BYU Sports Nation, BYU outside linebackers coach, works with the special teams as well. Okay, Coach, the influx of talent has created some position changes. Uh, we asked Bronco Mendenhall about that. One that a lot of people are excited about is Bronson Kafusi moving from defensive end to outside linebacker. What will that allow your defense to do, and what challenges will Bronson run into with that transition? Yeah, you know, it was something that um, we did at the end of the season after uh, Spencer Hadley got hurt in the Wisconsin game. We moved Bronson um, to one of our outside backer package uh, positions at, in our nickel package. And, uh, you know, people probably didn't really uh, notice it much, but he was dropping, he was, you know, rushing, doing all the things that we do as outside backers. And uh, so I don't think the transition for him will be very difficult. He's already lost, um, I think, 20 pounds. He's down to 265 and really leaned wow. up right now. Yeah, he uh, – and, uh, you know, even at 285 when he was playing during the season, he was still moving around great and doing, this, you know, basically the same exact stuff that my other dads were doing at 285. But I told him, and uh, our nutritionist, um, Dan Wilcox, we told him 265 is as low as we want him. We don't want him any lower than that. And uh, I think the transition for him, he knows how to drop. It's just really learning the schemes now and being able to um, understand what he's supposed to do in each call and, and then going out there and doing it. And that's going to be his you know, number one thing he's going to have to figure out. But we're going to get a great edge rusher. We're going to get a guy that uh, is big and physical and that it's, you know, on the edge. I think we'll be able to handle himself a little better than he did on the interior, um, where he really hadn't played much in his career. You know, most of the time in high school, spent out on the edge, and I think now that's where he's going to feel more comfortable. And I think he's going to be highlighted in our defense because of those type of things that he does. You have the interesting dynamic of having three freshmen come in, uh, all of which are extremely talented and some really good gets in Cook, Taki, Taki, and Warner, and then five return missionaries as well. It seems to be headlined by Troy Hines, who was. Uh, the number one uh, kid coming out of Utah before his mission. How do you manage the guys that are in shape out of high school, but you, you need to get college ready versus the, oh, you've been carrying around the scriptures for two years, now you need to play football again? Yeah, I think uh, really what it's going to come down to, the guys really that might have the biggest advantage of the guys just right out of high school, physical-wise. Now, mentally, the guys coming home from their missions probably have an edge. So, um, but I would say the guys that are physically more ready, are going to be um, able to help us more during the season because um, we can put those guys on special teams where they don't have to think as much and worry about, you know, assignments and things like that. Um, and, you know, really we haven't had great um, results in the past years of guys coming home in June or July like Troy and these other guys are going to be coming home and only have one or two months to get ready before fall camp starts. And so really the only guy we've really seen is Bronson in the last couple of years that's been able to do that and come in and play right away and have an impact. And so – um, really, we got to be really smart, making sure that we're not throwing throwing them into workouts too soon, having them, uh, you know, push too much weight, too much weight in the weight room, run too much in the conditioning. We got to be really smart. And I think Coach Omer does a great job of managing that with our return missionaries, and he has a specific program for them. Um, and then with the guys just coming in, high school, the high school players, Fred and Tyler and uh, Siona, they just have to be great at from now until they come into fall camp and knowing the playbook. And we've we have uh, now that they, they're signing with us, they can now get our playbook and start studying it. And so, just last night, I was getting uh, text messages from Tyler Cook asking me about this call and that call, and you know what he should be doing. And and so, I mean, he's already trying to work to get himself in that position to you know have an impact as a freshman. Kelly Papinga, linebackers coach, special teams guy for BYU football, joining BYU Sports Nation. Kelly, and I'm guessing when Tyler and those young guys do stuff like this, send you text messages, that's, that's just got to get you ramped up and, and ready to go for spring football. What are you looking forward to most about the group coming in for spring ball? Yeah, spring ball, we're going to be a little thin. Um, so we'll have Alani that will be the only player at that position that has any playing experience. <laughs> that is thin. Um, yeah, and so we'll, uh, you know, we'll have Bronson there. And uh, Michael Lisa is going to start there at outside backer. And then, you know, I think we might move him into inside too and see how he looks there. Um, and so we really don't know where Michael's going to sit. We just know that he's a really, really good athlete and we're trying to get our best athletes on the field. And so that was why we 
you know, have him move positions from right, running back to, to linebacker. And so that's what we're calling it right now. We're just saying linebacker because we're still trying to figure out exactly what position he'll fit in. And then we moved Jeremiah Lake, the warrior, he moved over to uh, inside linebacker because we felt that fit his um, talents and his skill level better and just the, uh, his size and everything fit more as an inside backer. So he was the other player that had had some experience with outside backer, but moving him now to inside only gives us Alani with that experience. And so we'll have some other walk-on kids that'll be there um, that'll you know try to be earning the spot right there. But we'll be pretty thin in the spring, but that's okay. Um, once we get the return missionaries home and the freshmen in uh, for fall camp, we'll be fine. March 3rd, it begins. And, March uh, 3rd. That's right. And, Coach, we've been uh, our Twitter question today is, what's more impressive, Tyler Haw's recent run in WCC play or BYU's football recruiting class? What do you think? Definitely Tyler Haw's. Oh, wow. I, nice. I believe, hey, hey, I think we worked our butt off recruiting-wise. So I went and watched that guy the other night at St. Mary's. And uh, impressive. I mean, you don't – if you're not right on top of that guy just hugging him up, if you give him any type of space, you can hit the shot on him. And it's just – He's impressive. I just uh, I've been able to watch him live a couple times, and any, any chance I have on TV, I think he's a, a super hard worker. Defenders have a hard time keeping up with him, running and chasing him around him. I mean, the guy never stops, and it's just fun to see uh, that type of talent. And uh, you know, BYU fans are lucky; they're seeing history in the making. You know, they just had Jimmer a couple of years ago, and now they get this guy going along. And so, I think he's uh, what is it, 38 games in a row now, or something like that, where he scored double digits, or is it something like that? I heard about yeah, it's close that. to that. That's impressive. So, That's some, some yeah. solid basketball analysis from Kelly yeah. Papinga. K-pop oh, can yeah. play. We play pickup occasionally. I'll, I'll give you the scouting report on Kelly Papinga right now, basketball. Really <laughs> physical at the rim. Good mid-range game. Excellent at missing the first shot, getting his own board, and laying it in. Am I accurate? <laughs> <laughs> I do that on purpose. I'm just to <laughs> pad the stats, the man. Yeah, pad the stats. Okay, we take it we take it one game at a time, like you, Coach. And and every day on the show, we do what's called the countdown to Connecticut. Here it is. Countdown to Connecticut. Two hundred two. Two hundred two days until Connecticut. Let's break it down. What can you tell us about the? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll get to that. Hey, they have a new. They have a whole new coaching staff. Oh, he's breaking it down. <laughs> yeah, so shoot, man, I don't know. To be honest with you, all I know is they have a whole new coaching staff and. Uh, yeah, that's about all I know about it. Here's what so you we'll know. Start looking into that more. There's so. 202 days until Connecticut. Yep. That. Heck yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the time. Great stuff. Uh, we appreciate your insight on all things, especially uh, football. The signing class really exciting, and uh, good luck as you prepare for spring practice. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thanks, yeah. coach. All right, take care. <laughs> oh, that's great stuff. What really interesting is what they have to do during spring ball because they don't have anybody here yet. This is this is interesting that we're just just realizing is that with the influx of eighteen return missionaries, spring practice is going to be weird. Three quarterbacks, Alani Fua, the only guy with any playing experience at that side. You're having position changes. Some of these return missionaries like Troy Hines that are expected to have an impact. They're not coming back until June or July. I hadn't thought about that part of that when they come back. So. Spring's going to be interesting because fall camp is going to be, all right, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? All these freshmen in RMs. You know who's excited? Good. Michael Alisa. That dude's ready to play. Now that guy has experience playing linebacker. Let's go. Let's play. Let's bowl now. A Cougar career high, another double-double, and a late show appearance all coming up next in a loaded Friday Cougar whip around. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Nate Austin, the BYU Cougars, back to work against San Francisco tomorrow. It's Friday on BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan, you know what time it is. Time to whip! Yep. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Why am I yelling? I don't know. After a 13-point win against Santa Clara, BYU is back in action tomorrow night at the Marriott Center. It's live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. 9 Eastern, big game with San Francisco for second place. Women's basketball. Loud noises! BYU took down Santa Clara in double overtime, 87-80. Thanks to Lexi Eaton's career-high 31. Booyah. And a 25.18 rebound performance from Jennifer Hampson. The Cougars at San Francisco Saturday, 5 Eastern, live on BYU Radio. Softball. The Cougars opened the season with a 4-3 loss to Weber State. What? And a 10-2 win against Southern Utah yesterday. That's more like it. Today, BYU plays a doubleheader against Nevada and East Carolina in St. George. Softball. 
Do you mean swimming do and diving? Yeah, okay. There we go. <laughs> the women's team is hosting Washington State today in the Richards Building on campus. The meet starts at 5:30 local time today. It was a doubleheader for yeah, softball. That's yeah, why we did that. That makes sense. Okay. Track Perfect. and field. The men and women's teams are in New York City for the New Balance Invitational today and tomorrow. As mentioned earlier on the show, Ed Eyestone and the teams went to the Late Show with David Letterman and got a shout out last night at the very beginning of the show. Gymnastics. After a season high. Last Friday against Denver, the BYU gymnastics team back to work against Utah State. You can watch it live on BYU TV starting at 7 Mountain, 9 Eastern. So flip between... Yeah. Come on, man. The women's team's at Washington State this morning. I'm sorry. I'm getting greedy. (laughs) I'll say flip between the opening ceremonies and and gymnastics. I dare you. Rise and shout today. Who gets it? How about K-pop? I'm going to go double. Tyler Haas, again. Okay. Don't don't take it for granted. Don't overlook what's going on here. Which brings us to the best sounds of the week. Woo! The two things that had to happen is receivers that were qualified to play right away and some linebackers that were qualified to play right away, even if they're freshmen. I guess I just never, ever really dreamed this for myself. I never really thought it was realistic to be an Olympian or, like, I mean, looking back on all that, it's just kind of cool to, like, connect all the events in my life just to see how it's all led up to this one point. So it's pretty surreal. Give me your bosses' names and their numbers, and I'm going to recommend that since you guys have been so kind to me, that you be allowed to go to Maui when the Cougars go for the tournament from over there. That are coming into the game where their entire defensive game plan is around stopping Tyler Hawes. At the end of the game, you would think he'd be worn out. He wouldn't have the legs to make jump shots, but he seems to get better, and I think he physically and mentally wears out the other team. This is the first time I've been to the Olympics. I'm just kind of looking around just going, this is just huge. This makes the NFL look like a t-ball outfit. The best sounds of the week. Bronco Mendenhall, Kate Hansen, Dave Odom, former Wake Forest coach, inviting us to Maui. Blaine Fowler, Dave McCann. Oh, that's great stuff. That's great stuff. Do we have time for some tweet? Some tweets? Tweet, tweet. That's a yes. What's more impressive, Tyler Haas' recent run in West Coast Conference play or BYU football's recruiting class that came in on Wednesday? At Lauren McLean 3 says, Tyler Haas is magical. That may have that may have dual meanings right there. He's he's a heartthrob for a, for yes, he a is. lot of BYU ladies. For the ladies. And a great basketball player. At Laser Sheep, it is truly amazing what BYU football has accomplished with this class. So much talent and diversity. It's a great time to love BYU. Ultimately, I'm going to have to give this one to Tyler Hawes uh, for being one player who has so much attention yet finds a way to school people. Get on the bus. At Bridger Hill. BYU Football 2014 and Ty are both equally great. Speed kills, and this class has plenty of it. Then he says, hashtag Hossum's season is a precursor to Tossums, as in nice. Taysom. Yeah. Hey, how about Kelly Papinga saying that he thinks BYU has never, ever had a player like Devon Blackman? Now, His speed, where he could touch the ball and go anytime. Your buddy. Fly sweep, bubble screen, downfield. Wow. Yeah, your buddy, former production assistant, now working at ESPN in LA, said he's stupid fast. Yeah, he texted me and said, you guys got Devon Blackman? That's awesome. He's stupid fast. <laughs> Went to BYU, but yeah, he's a huge Oregon fan. He can't believe it. Thanks, oh, thanks for our guests this week. Tremendous week, and uh, today, Mark Pope, Kelly Papinga, and everyone on our crew, they do a great job. Producer Ben Bagley, Senior Coordinating Producer Michael Miner, Station Manager Don Chaline, Production Assistants Alan Miller, and Engineer Aaron Evans. By the way, Nick Lee 51 says, we need to build some MO on the road. There is still hope, talking about BYU hoops. So beat San Francisco and then go get her done. And Spencer King contributed as well today. Can't yes, forget him. Don't, don't leave out, Elvis. I know. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, BYU Sports Nation, for show links and much more. You can listen to episodes of the show on demand at byuradio.org for Jerem, I'm Spencer put your hands up for Friday you just listen to BYU Sports Nation Go Cougars